Chapter Three of Faulkner's Folly by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Three, what they said. With a vague idea of taking advantage of a psychological moment, Coroner Lamson began to question Joyce. Why do you make that statement, Mrs. Stannard? He said. Do you realize that it is a grave implication? But Joyce, though not hysterical, was at high tension, and she said, talking rapidly my husband's words were in direct answer to the footman's question blake said who did this and mr stannard even pointing to miss vernon said natalie not joyce could anything be plainer it might seem so yet we must take into consideration the fast clouding intellect of the dying man and endeavour thus to get at the truth will you tell the circumstances of your entering the room mrs stannard of course i will i had been in the billiard-room for some time ever since dinner in fact alone not at first several were there with me then later all had gone and i was there alone the speaker paused she seemed to forget her audience and became lost in recollection or in thought she looked very beautiful as she sat robed in her black gown of soft thin material with a bit of white turned in at the throat her brown hair waved carelessly back to a loose low knot and her deep-set brown eyes full of sorrow grew suddenly luminous perhaps it wasn't natalie she said speaking breathlessly perhaps it wasn't miss vernon after all we are not asking your opinion mrs stannard said the coroner stiffly kindly confine your recital to the facts as they happened but now the witness's poise was shaken of a temperamental nature joyce stannard had thought of something or realized something that affected the trend of her testimony bobsy roberts watched her with intense interest well milady he said to her mentally you've struck a snag in your well-planned defence careful now don't leap before you look yes said joyce but her quivering lip precluded further speech the coroner was made decidedly uncomfortable by the sight of her beauty and her distress always a disquieting combination and to hide his sympathy he repeated brusquely the facts please as they occurred i was in the billiard-room joyce began again and i heard in the studio a slight sound of some sort and then the light in here went out which was first the sound or the sudden darkness the sound no the darkness i don't really know perhaps they were simultaneous one moment was the billiard-room lighted yes and the door between open the sliding doors were open the curtains pulled together glancing at the heavy tapestry curtains in question mr lamson said quickly if they were pulled together and the room where you were was light how could you notice when this room went dark joyce looked bewildered i don't know she said blankly how could i the question was so naive and the brown eyes so puzzled and troubled that bobsy roberts whistled to himself but not for want of thought his thoughts flocked so fast he could scarcely marshal them into line of course his principal thought was one of these women is guilty if the crime had been committed by a burglar they wouldn't have any of this back and forth key with their eyes now the question is which one joyce and natalie had exchanged many glances but to a stranger they were unreadable and roberts contented himself with storing them up in his memory for future consideration 
and now as joyce looked confused and nonplussed natalie seemed a bit triumphant but she as quickly drooped her eyes and veiled whatever emotion they showed but you are sure you did know when the studio lights went out pursued lamson why yes i think so you see it was all so confused what was why the lights and that queer sound and-go on mrs stannard never mind the lights and the sound you entered the studio from the billiard-room and saw i didn't see anything declared joyce with a sudden toss of her head i couldn't it was dark you know then somebody blake you know turned the switch and i saw miss vernon standing by my dying husband's how did you know he was dying did you see miss vernon strike the blow no but she was in the room when i entered and too eric said it was natalie and not me you are prepared to swear that miss vernon was in the room before you were she was there when i went in but it was dark how could you see her i didn't i heard her breathing in a quick frightened way and when you first saw her she was cowering back against the little paint-stand looking terrified yes and and what and guilty joyce said the word solemnly as one unwillingly pronouncing a doom mrs stannard i must be unpleasantly personal can you think of any reason why miss vernon would desire your husband's death joyce trembled visibly i cannot answer a question like that she said in a low tone i'm sorry but you must no then and joyce looked squarely at natalie i cannot imagine why she should desire his death i certainly cannot but any reason why she should dislike him or wish him ill N no think again my husband was a great artist joyce began as if thinking it out for herself he was accustomed to having his models do as he requested miss vernon was not always amenable to his wishes and-and they were not very good friends but you and miss vernon are good friends you like her joyce favoured natalie with a calm stare certainly she said in an even voice i like her you breathed our friend robert silently at last i see what one mr pope meant when he wrote damn with faint praise assent with civil leer and without sneering cause the rest to sneer for surely joyce's attestation of friendship between herself and the artist's model convinced nobody she sat gracefully erect her serious face blank of any emotion yet impressing all with a sense of profound feeling beneath in what ways did miss vernon incur mr stannard's displeasure asked lamson merely on some technical matters connected with her posing for his pictures was the nonchalant reply that then could scarcely be construed into a motive for murder scarcely joyce seemed to give a mere parrot-like repetition of the coroner's word yet you are willing to believe that miss vernon is the criminal we are seeking i do not say that and joyce spoke softly i can only say i saw her here when i came into this room and found my husband dying might she not have come in just as you did attracted by that strange sound as of a man in pain in that case who could have stabbed my husband there was no one else near that has been testified by those who entered at the other end of the room 
could not a burglar have entered by a window attempted robbery and being discovered stabbed mr stannard in self-preservation how could he have entered said joyce dully i can see no way that is he might have been in here but in no way could he have gotten out that great north window i am told opens only in a few high sectional panes it is shaded by rollers from the bottom and is inaccessible the other large window the west one is so blocked up with easels canvases and casts that it is certain nobody could get in or out of that the door to the main hall was of course in full sight of blake the footman and that leaves only the south end of the room to be considered now no intruder could have gone out by the door to the billiard-room or the door to the terrace without having been seen by you or miss vernon who claims she was on the terrace all evening every one present looked around at the studio they saw a spacious room about forty feet long by thirty wide its lofty ceiling fully twenty feet high an enormous fireplace was on the side toward the house and above it ran an ornamental balcony reached by a light staircase at either end the fine big windows were of stained glass save where ground glass had been put in to meet the artist's needs originally a ballroom the decorations were ornate but in restrained and harmonious taste there were priceless rugs on the floor priceless works of art all about and furnishings of regal state and luxury yet also there was the litter and mess of working materials and mediums seemingly inseparable from any studio however watched and tended here would be a stunning elizabethan chair all carved wood and red velvet heaped high with paint-boxes and palettes there an antique chest of marvellous workmanship from whose half-open lid peeped bits of rare drapery stuffs or quaintly fashioned garments tables everywhere of inlay or marquetry were piled with sketches boxes of pastels or small casts jugs and vases fit only for museum pieces held sheafs of paint-brushes while scores of canvases both blank and painted stood all round the wall the armchair in which eric stannard had sat when he died was undisturbed also the tables near it a new idea seemed to strike lamson he said when you came in in the darkness mrs stannard how did you avoid stumbling over the chairs and stands in your way i count four of them practically in the course you must have pursued joyce looked at the part of the room in question true there were four or more small pieces of furniture that would have bothered one coming in without a light that's so she said as if the idea were illuminating i must have come in just after or at the very moment that blake lighted the electrics and found miss vernon already here yes said joyce miss vernon will you tell your story said lamson abruptly turning from joyce to the girl why i natalie fluttered like a frightened bird and gazed piteously at the inquisitor i don't know how good work commented bob c roberts mentally smart little girl to know how the baby act fetches em but if natalie vernon's air of helplessness was assumed it was sufficiently well done to convince all who saw it poor little thing was in everybody's mind as the rosebud face looked pleadingly at the coroner at that moment if she had declared herself the guilty wretch nobody would have believed her lamson's abruptness vanished and he said gently just a simple description miss vernon of your presence in this room last night it was this way she began and her face drew itself into delicious wrinkles as she chose her words 
i had been ever since dinner almost on the terrace alone oh no different people were there coming and going you know well at last i chanced to be there alone who had been with you latest let me see and the palpable effort to remember was too pronounced to be real i guess yes i'm sure it was barry mr barry stannard and he went away where i don't know for a stroll with the dogs probably i was about to go upstairs to my room when i heard a sound in the studio that seemed queer how queer as if somebody were calling me i mean calling for somebody did you hear your name and lamson caught at the straw oh no just a general exclamation it was and i went toward the door to listen if it might be repeated was the door open no but it has glass in it with sash curtains and these were a little way open and i could see through them that the light went out suddenly well and then i went right in without making a sound didn't it make a sound as you opened the door the door was open you said it was not oh i don't know whether it was or not i was so scared to see eric mr stannard dead or dying and his wife standing there as if she had just just what killed him yes and natalie's big blue eyes were violet with horror she had and she stood there just as blake said one hand on the table and one clutch to her breast she did do it mr coroner she must have been out of her mind you know but she did it for i saw her saw her kill him no not that but i saw her just after the deed was done and she was the picture of guilty fear if natalie could have been transferred to canvas as she looked then the picture would have made any painter's fortune the girl was in white soft crepey wool stuff that clung and fell in lovely lines for the gown had been designed by no less a genius than stannard himself it was his whim to have natalie about the house in the gowns in which he posed her that he might catch an occasional unexpected effect but the simple affair was not out of place as a morning house gown and more than one woman in the audience took careful note of its cut and pattern her golden hair was carelessly tossed up in a mass of curls held with one hairpin a huge amber thing that threatened every minute to slip out and one couldn't help wishing it would her wonderful eyes had long dark lashes and her pink cheeks were rosy now because of her nervous excitement so thin was her delicate skin that her hands and throat were flushed a soft pink and her curved lips were scarlet yet notwithstanding the marvellous colouring there was not one iota of doubt that it was nature's own the play of rose and white in her cheeks the sudden occasional paling of the red lips and the perfection of the tiny shreds of curl that clustered at her throbbing temples all spoke of the real humanity of this girl's beauty small wonder the artist wanted her for his own pictures exclusively joyce was a beautiful woman but this child this fairy princess was a dream a very titania of charm and wonder not by her testimony not by words of assertion but by her ethereal her incredible beauty this wonder girl took captive every heart and without effort secured the sympathy and belief of everybody present and yet the coroner had to do his duty had to say in curt accusing tones then how do you explain mr stannard's dying words natalie not joyce the red lips quivered the rose-leaf cheeks grew pinker and great tears formed in the appealing blue eyes 
don't ask me that she cried oh pray don't ask me that but i do i must ask you and i must ask you why you stabbed him had he asked you to pose in any way to which you were unwilling to consent had he insisted after you refused was he tyrannical brutal cruel did you have to defend yourself was it on an impulse of sudden anger or indignation stop stop cried natalie putting her pink finger-tips into her tiny rosy ears stop he was none of those things he was good to me he-he good to you yet you killed him kind to you yet you took his life i didn't i tell you i didn't it was joyce she miss vernon if you came into the room in the dark how could you effect an entrance without upsetting something there are even more small racks and stands on that side of the room than the other no i didn't upset anything and natalie stared at him then you came in before the room was darkened long before and you darkened it yourself after you had driven the blow that ended the life of your friend and patron coroner lamson paused as the dawn pink of natalie's face turned to a creamy pallor and the girl sank unconscious into a chair brutal cried barry stannard springing to her side inexcusable mr lamson this is no place for a third-degree procedure and asking no one's permission he carried the slight form from the studio End of chapter three